That was always one of my favourite photographs of him. <laughs> From the day he was born, Ben Nelson Rue's parents say he was their sunshine. He loved his hats. He did. Always loved his hats. But Ben was also troubled. Diagnosed with ADHD, he began smoking cannabis at 12. By 16, he was a victim of criminal exploitation, was heavily reliant on drugs and alcohol, had suicidal thoughts and self-harmed. He was stunning. He was becoming erratic. He was becoming very paranoid. And he was a big lad. He was a big lad. He was, he was six foot one of rage, and it's really difficult when your child gets to a point that you, you can't keep them safe because they won't let you, and, and he was so much bigger and stronger than me. Divorced but united, Kate and Barry had spent years trying to help their son before asking their counsel to intervene. Since 2009, local authorities have been legally obliged to provide accommodation and support to 16 and 17-year-olds who are at risk of homelessness. Section 20 of the Children's Act lists various reasons why a child may be eligible, including the breakdown of family relationships, or if a child's welfare is likely to be seriously prejudiced. Charities argue housing vulnerable teenagers under Section 20 should be the default, as they will receive a package of housing, financial and emotional support, which could last until they turn 25. But this costs money. Via Freedom of Information requests, we asked all 333 councils in England what legislation they'd use to house lone 16 or 17-year-olds over the past five years. Of the 161 that responded, nearly a third of cases were accommodated via alternative, cheaper legislation with less support. That's around 9,500 cases. Some of these teenagers will have genuinely wanted a more independent option, but the charity Just For Kids Law says children's services are supposed to properly explain what they'll miss out on, and that isn't always happening. Local authorities are aware that if a child is housed not under Section 20, not taken into care, then they are providing accommodation, but they're not obviously providing that broader support. So you can see how local authorities are kind of gatekeeping in order to save, to save money. North Yorkshire County Council say Ben was offered Section 20 accommodation, but declined. His parents claim he wasn't properly informed. In February 2020, Ben moved into a homeless hostel in Harrogate. He lived alongside people with criminal convictions, was assaulted and sustained unexplained injuries. A lot of the people in there had suffered significant trauma and um, a lot of the people in there were dealing with serious substance addiction. He was taken by one of them to a crack den. One of the residents that he got friendly with, he witnessed him being stabbed. We wanted him in a secure accommodation because we thought it was something seriously bad was going to happen. And something seriously bad did happen. On the 8th of April 2020, Ben didn't answer his phone. Kate went to the hostel and a resident helped break down his door. He was very obviously dead. But I was on the phone to 999, so they talked me through CPR which I had to do until the police arrived. 
it was really obvious that it was far too late. When you lose a child, the one thing <clears throat> you have is, is guilt. You know, I feel guilty it wasn't there. There, there was absolutely nothing additional put in place to make things safer for a child in an adult hostel. Nothing. He was basically dumped in there because it was the only accommodation they had. How often are children like Ben put in such adult worlds? Newsnight sent a freedom of information request to all 333 councils in England. And based on data from the 276 that responded, 534 16 and 17 year olds had been placed in adult accommodation without contracted care and support over the past five years, despite government guidance advising against it. And the number of teenagers affected is likely to be even higher, as a third of councils who responded told us they don't even collect the data. As for the local authorities who confirm they do it, they insist it's only ever an emergency and the stays are kept as short as possible. As we will now hear, there will also be homeless teenagers who, while they haven't been placed in adult accommodation, their councils have played little or no role in finding them an appropriate place to stay. It's either I come out alive or I'm going to stay and basically rest my life and you never know what can happen. At 16, this woman, who we're calling Luna, fled her family home to escape physical abuse. She lived in a care home for asylum seekers, sofa surfed and stayed in a women's refuge. When she turned 18, she was on her own. I never knew where home was because everywhere I went, it was just, just staying six months and it's just like, what next? And I just didn't see a point in living. I have a huge amount of debt which I'm struggling to pay off. Working two jobs, going to uni and also trying to afford a place that's just ridiculously high and also facing eviction, it's quite a lot to deal with. I always play scenarios in my head like, if I got help that I needed, would I be in this situation right now? Would I be struggling, constantly having to ask for help? The fact that this is happening so frequently is really, really concerning. I think it's really crucial, firstly, that local authorities are given additional resources. I think it's also really crucial that the government makes it clear to local authorities that they should always be taking 16 and 17 year olds into care. Today, the government announced it will ban unregulated accommodation for 16 and 17 year olds in care, but campaigners say it won't help children like Ben and Luna. This is our communal lounge. Many councils told us they try to place teens in supported housing like this. Our main focus for 16, 17 year olds would always be getting them into education and tra uh, training or employment. Once they're settled, we're building on sort of life skills. Residents live in small flats with people of the same gender. They have fresh mattresses, a set of towels. And vulnerabilities are taken into account. Based on your experience of working with vulnerable 16 and 17 year olds, would it ever be appropriate, do you think, to put one in an adult setting, for example, a hostel? Um, no, I wouldn't think that was, a, was appropriate. Um, young 16, 17 year olds are very vulnerable. Living with, with adults and sharing spaces, particularly shared accommodation, um, would be quite risky. Nearly three years since Ben's death, last week a coroner in North Allerton reached a verdict. 
During the 15-day inquest, the homeless hostel for adults where Ben spent the final months of his life was described as unsuitable, a last resort, even dangerous. But the coroner said it can't be concluded that Ben's accommodation contributed to his death. Ben had taken multiple drugs before his death, but his family will never know how he died because a full post-mortem wasn't carried out due to COVID restrictions. Ben was failed in death as he was in life. Children like Ben are still vulnerable and there's not enough support to keep them and their families safe. Harrogate and North Yorkshire councils have called Ben's hostel a temporary last resort and that he was supported by multiple agencies. His death is said to have been extremely distressing for everyone involved. Me doing some face painting. It's ended up on his face, but you weren't actually face painting that day. During his short life, Ben developed a passion for birds, and the red kite has now become his symbol, even engraved on his headstone. Every time I see one, I just think I'm a boy. And I would say to anyone, who's lost a loved one. If you, if you want to associate them with something, a bird is wonderful because it makes you look up and I wouldn't have lifted my eyes off the pavement for the past three years if I wasn't constantly looking for kites.